But I, I do think that is interesting to look back in history and see that this isn't necessarily special to just right now. Like this has happened before um, in history. And so, of course, it would make sense that it could and would happen again. And whatever that looks like, the time frame, obviously, we don't know. But I do think we're going through something really wild right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Lauren.Live. I've got Derek Loudermilk with me. What's up? Hey Lauren, thanks for having me. Absolutely, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, So Derek is a quantum business coach, which we're going to get into what does that mean, because that's such a fancy, cool title. And he's an author, spiritual explorer, and a fellow podcaster, which is really fun. We have that in common. So um, welcome to being a guest on another podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So would you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about your background? And um, if you want to, you know, just share a little bit about your spiritual journey up until this point, and then we can kind of get into more of your work. Yeah, I have a, a background as a scientist. Um, <clears throat> one one career as a scientist, trained as a virologist, a extreme extreme virologist. Which what that means is that I would study in extreme locations like Yellowstone or under uh, sheets of ice, you know, glacial glacial Arctic regions, things like that. Um, <clears throat> So I was a scientific explorer, and then I was a a digital nomad traveling the world for seven years and leading people on adventure trips in in the jungle, in in the desert, you know, really interesting. I was taking leaders out for adventure. So I've always been an explorer. And on my time living abroad, I started having really fascinating spiritual metaphysical experiences. And so I turned my attention to uh, exploration of the, uh, the, non, the non-physical realm mm-hmm. and consciousness and, and things like that. So <clears throat> I've always been that type of uh, researcher explorer, but it's always had different, uh, different focuses. Yeah, that's super interesting. I always, I'm always fascinated by that because sometimes people that are very like scientific and read the book, aren't as open to the things that you can't explain, right? The metaphysical. So that's really cool that you have an interest in both and an understanding of both. Um, it sounds like you don't always have to have like tangible research truth. It's more now coming through in experiences, right? Some of your personal experiences. Well, I mean, the wonderful thing is that uh, I was I was actually surprised at the massive amount of well well done scientific studies that study uh, consciousness and psychic phenomenon, parapsychology, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I assumed that there wasn't any given the, in, in academia, right. In the hard sciences, the physical sciences, let's call them the materialists. Uh, there's, there's sort of this notion that there is no research that there's like, somebody would have studied it by now if that was a real thing, but there's, journals and the, it's a it's a whole you know there's university programs that are dedicated to this right uh, yeah like all different quantum entities. physics and you're right i guess i phrase that maybe I didn't phrase it right um some of the woo-woo experiences that people can have psychic go to a psychic and they say something and it comes through that's not really like researched proof right that's more of just like 
you know what I mean? It's hard to explain it, but you're right. If you dive into the quantum physics and consciousness, there are so much more people looking at that now, studying it, which is really cool. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of people, even myself, I don't know the details of that. And, it, you know, a lot of people just still call it woo-woo, but it is being actually like research, which is really cool. Um, but just as far as some of the little like personal experiences, I mean, that stuff's just, just happens and you can tell someone and I guess they'll either believe you or not. Right. So it's kind of an interesting, like, have you had some of those experiences before where you have things come signs or synchronicities come through? Well, um, you know, I, I really like things that are verifiable and I often have dreams with people in them that I know and uh, it happens once a, once a night where I'll, you know, I have three or four dreams in a night. Mm. Some friends are in the dream, they're doing something and I'll message, Hey, you were in my dream. Uh, and so I messaged my friend this morning, uh, you were telling me that you had just learned a bunch of new stuff about herbalism. And she was like, that's amazing. I did just learn a bunch of stuff about herbalism and I'm starting a new series on like how to grow your own, uh, herb, you know, medicinal herb garden. And I was like, that's amazing. Wow. Or my friend will come to me in a dream and say, Hey, we're, we're pregnant. We're expecting a kid. And I'll text him and I'll say, is this true? And he's like, yes, but we haven't told anyone. Oh How did gosh. you know? Yeah. Uh, I was like, well, you told me last <laughs> night in, in my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so these things are easily verifiable, right? Sure. Like, um, so I have lots and lots of yeah. And it, it's, it is as a human, you know, it is as a human brain, the way we think and the way we've kind of been trained in society, it's sometimes it is nice to be able to have that, like, okay, I can like verify this, you know, that's really, really cool. Um, cause you know, a lot of it's faith-based too, but to have things where you can verify is, is just exciting. I think that's really cool. Things are coming through to you in your dreams. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, do you, do you want to dive deeper into like some of your work about the, you know, being a scientist and, and the quantum stuff, or would you, you want to dive into more like the quantum business coach stuff? What, what are you feeling? Well, it's, it's all really connected when, when I do business coaching and I've been coaching people. So I, I started my podcast nine years ago oh, wow. at this point. Um, and once I did, other people came to me and said, well, I want to start a podcast you know, can I pick your brain or how do I do it? And that's where one of my first, that's where I started business coaching, basically uh, helping people launch their podcasts. I think in that first year I helped like 65 people launch podcasts and, and then people like, well, actually now I want to write a book or I want to have a coaching practice or um, I want to start getting paid to speak. And so I had to start figuring out how to do all these things myself so that I could help the people that were asking me. So I, it's kind of, I've always just been responding to what people are mm-hmm. asking for. And then as I've been doing this research, uh, you know, my question is always, how can I help my clients with, uh, how can we use dream time or I'm really into, into crystals. Mm-hmm. How can we use crystals to help entrepreneurs or to help organizations or, uh, you know, and now as I've done probably, I think we're at like 65 different metaphysical experiments. I know pretty much which ones can, can easily be used in, in my work with uh, uh, entrepreneurs. So it's, uh, it's something where I don't have to compartmentalize too much mm-hmm. the different areas of my 
my right. interest. Are you still doing um, like viral work though? Or are you like the scientific? Or are you more just now focused on the podcast and the business coaching? <clears throat> no, the only, uh, I mean, I, I happen to be advising my kids school. <laughs> you know, I, I'm the, uh, I sift through the scientific papers about the pandemic and right. stuff like that so that I can, uh, you know, people are coming to me and asking me questions That's about that, but say, yeah. that just keeps me up to date on how, uh, it's good to, to regularly read through scientific literature because mm-hmm. it's totally different than, uh, the normal nonfiction business books. Totally. Um, That's really neat though, how your kind of your career, it shifted. Like, I mean, yes, it's connected, but it kind of shifted. Now you're more helping with, you know, people and the coaching aspect. That's interesting. You probably would have never thought that when you first started, right? <laughs> I, you know, the reason I studied biology was it wasn't really my thing. It was just something I was good at. Okay. And everyone was like, oh, you should do this. Mm-hmm. You're, you're good at it. And my dad was a microbiologist and I used to hang out at his lab and I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, I had enough high school professors who, who like saw something in me that they were encouraging me like, Oh, you should do research. You know, like you've got a, you've got a gift for this, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that, that you should do something just because you're, you're good or you're gifted at it. Mm-hmm. And so I got all the way to the point where I was in a PhD program and I ended up dropping out basically because I saw mm, the, the failings of how research is done. Uh, essentially you have to be well in the top 1% of all scientists to get funded, which is a shame, right? Because there's, there's good work being done. Uh, you know, probably the top 50% of scientists are doing really fantastic work, but they're, they're having to compete. And so you end up seeing a lot of 40, 45 year old people who, who have yet to break into the professorships. They're only making uh, a small amount of money and essentially the skills of a good researcher get shoved to the side and you have to become a salesperson, a self promoter, someone who's, and so it's like a totally different skill set that allows you to succeed in science uh, funding versus what allows you to be actually an insightful, good researcher, which is, um, it's sort of a distortion of of how I think it should be. Right. So were you, you were kind of turned off by that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And my theory was, um, I'm just going to get rich and then fund any research that I want and, you know, collaborate with whoever I want in any field. And that's, uh, you know, right now I'm working on a telepathy experiment and we're going to basically fund it by running a telepathy training program. And then once we teach people how to do telepathy, we'll enroll them as participants in our study. So it's kind of a self self funded mm-hmm. program. Yeah. That's really neat. Wow. Yeah, actually that's, I love, that's why I love doing this. You never know where the conversations would go. If you don't mind, because I, I do think it's relevant. Obviously, we don't have to necessarily get too deep into like COVID or anything, but it's kind of an exhausted subject. But just as far as research and science, I think it is an interesting um, topic, if you don't mind just dabbling on it with me for a few minutes. But I think that's been, maybe we can even angle it in like your spiritual like viewpoint of this. But everyone, you know, it's, it's fighting about like this science and you believe in science and you do this and that. And um, I always think it's really interesting that what I know of it, right. You know, you're saying it's like, 
okay, who's funding the study? Does that mean it's biased, right? Or um, there's just, there's so many aspects to it that I think people, some people may not like think about that. Some do, but um, it's hard to know what science to trust because one science, you know, scientific study is saying something, the other is conflicting, right? And so I always figure like science is always changing. Um, we're always looking into it, open-minded, like until you can prove, you know, this wrong, like I'm open, you know, so I mean, I don't really know how to frame it, but it's just a confusing time, um, sure. especially with COVID and vaccines and different stuff. So what is your take? Like, you don't, we don't have to get into opinions or getting into like anything crazy political, but just like, how do you, how do you sort through it? And do you have any advice for people like me that don't have a scientific background that do believe in science, but also believe in like natural immunity and like health and I want to have my medical freedoms and just like, it's a lot to balance. So like, what is the common person? Like, how do we take this all in? It's really confusing. Yeah. And I hear you. And, um, you know, there's been, so, so the normal scientific process is, uh, right. You, you have a model and a theory, a, a framework of something that predicts, uh, Right. Okay. We have this, we have this vaccine. We predict that it will uh, keep people from being infected. Right. And then you study it and it gives you more evidence towards whether your Mm -hmm. original model was right. And then you can sort of change your mind. Right. And so they're clearly, they said, or they thought at the beginning, right, it's going to prevent infection. Well, that turned out to be not be true. So, okay. What's, what's actually going on. Um, But what we've seen is the elimination of certain voices and the elimination largely of discourse about this, which uh, is, is a major flaw, right? You, you can't arrive closer to accuracy if you're, if you're eliminating mm, dissenting opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's been the thing that's one of the things that's bothered me the most is like really good scientists being, yeah. uh, their papers have been unpublished, mm-hmm. like secretly unpublished, which is uh, pretty, uh, it's, it's never happened before. Right. Um, you know, and these, these things like, um, you know, we still can't say for sure, like how did it originate? And sure. um, I think eventually it, it may, we may figure it out, but um, I don't know. Yeah. There is, there's a lot up in the air and, when you can read scientific papers, when you can parse through them, then you can, then you can check and say like, okay, is, is what the media is saying is what the CD saying, CDC is saying, is that backed up by the evidence? Mm-hmm. And even when I read these papers, if they say, okay, here's a paper that proves masks work or proves this or that I can go into those papers and I can say, actually, this is not really well. Uh, the claims that they're basing this on are pretty shaky mm-hmm. or I can be like, actually, I really trust what they're saying. The experiment is well-designed sure. to back up what it's saying. And so for, for the normal person who's not doing this and is just placing their trust on someone else, interpreting it for them, <coughs> uh, excuse me, and you <laughs> may hear a, my yeah, kids hollering okay. in the other room. Yeah. It's the exciting thing about uh, podcasts. You never know what's going to happen. I've had my cat meowing in the back. It's okay. okay let's but, but I think where, where we left off was it is hard to know who to trust yeah. uh, because you're relying on somebody to 
parse information for you a lot of the times, unless you, you go do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I feel like early on I was uh, reading a mask study and I felt like, like there were good points in both. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just really tricky. It's not like it's just always black or white. Like I think there's a ton of gray in science. And so when people are like, it's this way, I just think that's, it could be with any, it's not just COVID, like any, anything that you're studying, there's always room for change. There's always room for maybe there's something that was missed in the study. Like there's so much to think about. And um, I think that's why it's really important to be open-minded, but also have your data. Like, you know, it, it just, it's fascinating to me that, um, I think we're just, we've been trained to just be very like, listen to this one source and gosh, it's so ever changing as we can see. I mean, we just got over having it again. Like it just, it's mutating like crazy and it's luckily we didn't get hit hard, but it, you know, it's just like everyone's different too. That's I think another fascinating aspect of this. It's just everyone um, experiences it differently and that could actually, that's kind of a fun segue. Mm. That might even be something like, um, spiritually, like maybe different lessons or, um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I always think like when you have hardships or hard times or physical experiences, there are huge lessons within that. Right. And so I don't know, I'm not like trying to say this to like justify it, but maybe if someone's getting really ill, that was a time for them to slow down and really evaluate something within their body. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there, but everyone's having different experiences with it too. So that's how I kind of like collect my own data is I'm like, it's not just a one answer, one way thing. You could get it and I could get it. We can have completely different experiences. Yeah. And I like where you're going with that because, um, the physical world is a byproduct of consciousness. So there's always something behind the physical, right? There's a, a field, a frequency that is the virus that is you. And it's, there's, there's something happening, right? When these things interact. So <clears throat> totally there's, um, you know, what, what is a virus energetically, right? Is it, um, is it actually an energetic sort of parasite or is it something that's uh, a stimulus for evolution? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it a pathway right to change? Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's not a lot of research into that, but it is an interesting thing to think about. Uh, Do you have an like, opinion oh, actually? Cause I was literally, I was going to ask you like, what is your opinion on the role of viruses and bacteria Sim you'd think natural selection okay could definitely be just evolutionary for sure but um also then maybe we need to experience that i just always think like uh in my heaven there's going to be no viruses and bacteria the suffering the pain like no disease right that would be like my wish but i know here it obviously plays a role and there's tons of good and ba bacteria that's in us all the time that's not making us sick right so like i always ask like why is it here why do we have to be around it yeah. Why is there, why is there struggle at all? You know, you know like well, why does yeah. there have to be hardship at all? Sure. Um, but spiritually, I guess I, not, not scientifically with evolution, but do you have an opinion maybe on why it's here spiritually, like in a spiritual, you know, explanation, not scientific, just like why we have to live alongside these things and they affect us. That's a good question. You know, I've heard some people say, uh, and, and some viruses bring, uh, right. They integrate in with the genome of humans. And so 
they're, um, I've heard people say they're, they're genetically upgrading us mm. in some ways, which is, uh, it's kind of appealing to think about. Yeah. Uh, I, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I have a, if I have a good yeah, okay. working thesis for you, uh, or even just more but, in a woo-woo standpoint, it's enough to be. But but so so like a virus or a bacteria is a very simple organism, but I would say it's also a very uh, simple level of consciousness. Mm. Uh, if you were to look at the densities of consciousness, mm-hmm. it's probably somewhere in the like second density mm-hmm. range. <clears throat> so uh, you know, it's just. Um, it's not sensing as much as we are. It's not experiencing as much as we are. It's just a very narrow mm-hmm. band of frequency it's operating in. Right. And to give context, you would say that we're in 3D, right? <clears throat> For people that maybe don't know what to like two second yeah, yeah, There's two classifications that I'm talking about here. That is that like um, when you look at densities of consciousness, mm-hmm. we're at sort of 3.12 to 4.1, 4.2. Uh, and in dimensions, we're third, fourth, and fifth mm-hmm. dimensions based on our sort of thought field experiences at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that's really fascinating. And there's been a lot of talk about that. Um, actually, I think you had the gal on your, is it Elizabeth? I listened to part of Elizabeth your- Elizabeth April. I've listened yeah, to her before. Awesome. And she, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was sitting on my deck listening to one of her clips and was talking about the different densities and how some of us are in three, four, and five. And I felt like I was kind of, I had aspects of both, all of them. Like, I mean, I'm here in the physical 3D world. We all are um, as humans. But then there were aspects of me that really resonated with the fourth and the fifth, but I was like, I'm not quite there. You know, none of this is like a competition or bad or good. It's just interesting to, if people don't know what we're talking about, you know, do some research on, on different densities. I don't know if it's scientifically like, you know, more than I do, but just in the spiritual world, like there's different densities and, you know, there's ideas of our souls, um, you know, kind of, I don't know if you want to say advancing, but just experiencing different densities. And so, like you said, like a virus or maybe like a fruit fly is in a different experience than like a human, but then you could have different angels or ETs, depending on what you believe, different beings and different, you know, God, you know, way up here. It's, it's a broad topic, but research densities, it's, it's fascinating. Um, but we are in like this 3d world and apparently we're shifting more into the fourth and the fifth, right? It's kind of what people are saying. Yeah, and there's some really uh, interesting data that we're basically our solar system is uh, oscillates. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different cycles, um, right? The Earth revolving around the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> I'm just getting overcovered myself, so I saw a little Cheers. bit. Cheers. Uh, so am I. I'm nasal- <coughs> nasally. I <laughs> How fitting for our chat. <laughs> <coughs> but so the, the solar system oscillates. Uh, above and below the plane of the galaxy, the Milky Way, every 64 and a half million years. And as it passes through that plane, there's a high energy field of sort of radiation from the central black hole of the galaxy, which 
throughout the fossil record causes these massive leaps in species evolution. You'll see simple organisms evolving into much more complex mm -hmm. organisms during this time. And that's what we're, that's what's happening right now is the whole, we're passing back through the field and it's stimulating the evolution of every species. Wow. You'd mentioned um, a time frame of years when this happens in the solar system. What did you say that was again? I believe it's 64 okay. million years. So this has happened before and it just, this is crazy. I don't know. This is, this kind of stuff is like fascinating. Like the universal energy and how we're affected. Other planets are affected. Um, yeah. So it's, it's so if you, um, uh, you might have heard about climate change or global warming, every planet in our solar system is experiencing the same uh, climate change, which is kind of fascinating warming up the so yeah it's that's fascinating too i wonder what the role of that is that's weird yeah which um you know i, I grew up always thinking like uh, as an environmentalist like oh we are really screwing our planet up with all this pollution and um well i think we probably should you know switch to free energy mm -hmm. and cut carbon emissions uh i think most Climate change is due to pole shifts and high energy uh, fields that we're passing through, mm -hmm. planetarily speaking. Yeah, that's fascinating. I I agree with you. Again, not always just one thing causing something, right? It could be it's a overarching. Mm. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Wow. So, anyways, yeah, do your research, people, because this is a lot. If you're interested in the in the density uh, uh, dimensions, it's it's quite fascinating. Um, but gosh, where do we want to take this conversation? This is really, I've really enjoyed this so far. Um, what do you, what do you help people with coaching? You see specifically business or do you also do like life for, you know, like life coaching? Or are you really helping people in their business with the quantum? And I guess that's what I want. What does that mean? Quantum business coaching? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, particularly I'm working with thought leaders. So, um, podcasters, authors, uh, coaches, um, people that are really doing something uh, unique in the world. Um, you know, I've got uh, people working on, on sort of global level problems, but also uh, local level, um, bringing communities together. And, you know, on the business side, I'm teaching people how to, what is the business of being a thought leader and being a teacher and building personal brands and learning how to market and sell and position your, you know, your work. Um, and then on the, you know, I, I mentioned applied metaphysics. So taking what I know about metaphysics, applying that to how can you make your organization thrive? How, how can you optimize your business? But then I also take uh, what I've learned from, the world of science and how to run self experiments, how to optimize your physical state. Mm. Uh, I also used to be a pro cyclist. So I bring in aspects of the world of sort of peak performance um, focus and managing your attention and um, how, you know, how to shape your identity and all these different aspects. So it's a, uh, it's a unique uh, coaching model that I've, that I've created. Really cool. We might have to chat offline because <laughs> as a podcast, you know, it's just, I could use some help. So that's really neat what you're doing. Sure, That's really cool. 
Um, and we'll share your information, of course, at the end of the episode and put it in the description so people can find you. Um, very, very cool. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. I just have so many questions for you. It, I, I'm loving the mixture of spiritual and scientific. I think it's so incorporated and... Um, I didn't used to realize that. I'm not going to say maybe people don't think that I'll just speak for myself. I didn't realize how connected it is. But as I've grown in my conscious journey and I'm growing every day, like we live in this physical world with like science and plants and sun and photosynthesis and, you know, space and stars. But we're also living in this like pod, I mean, podcast with a microphone and technology. And I have to meet someone at this specific time, which is all created an illusion and I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's, it's such a fascinating experience to be here as a human. And so I'm, I love when people like you who can kind of tap into both realms um, and, and now you're helping people in their business with that. I think that's really cool too. Um, business has, has been kept um, separate from spirituality often. Um, you know, people don't typically, typically bring like their prayer or their religion into the workspace sometimes, but I've, talk to some other guests and I've noticed there's a lot more of that happening in the corporate world, bringing consciousness in. Um, I think this is a really cool time to, to be here helping one another. And we're, like you said, we're shifting so fast, right. In all aspects of our society. Like, yeah, I was just, um, I took a corporate group caving recently and uh, I was kind of, pushing them a little bit to see how much, uh, consciousness or woo woo, or, um, you know, also just sort of, uh, so, so we had everyone like check in with the, with the spirit of the cave yeah. and like meditate on whether it was going to be okay for us to go into the cave and sort of ask permission right. and say, thank you. And, um, everyone was like all about it. They were like, yeah, this feels good to, to, um, not just, assume that because I'm a human, I can go wherever I want, what I want, but like being in connection mm -hmm. <coughs> with nature and um, also with each other just deepens the whole experience of, of what you might get from a corporate uh, adventure trip, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And I feel like there's aspects of um, people that don't consider themselves maybe spiritual or woo-woo, but there's aspects of it sprinkled in our society, right? Like zodiac astrology or um, affirmations, setting intentions. I mean, we do that all the time. You blow on a candle, make a wish. Well, that's kind of woo-woo in itself, right? So, <laughs> I mean, there's things in the business world too where people are doing that, right? Like manifesting. They just may not realize and call it that, but I mean... Yeah, there's hard work being done, but there's also a certain specific type of an attitude of somebody um, and a work ethic and a belief system that usually successful people have to get to where they are. So um, I just love that that this is becoming more apparent. Um, and I want to ask you, because I ask all my guests this kind of a nice segue, with consciousness, you know, making its way into different sectors, um, and it's a broad question, so take it however you want. We kind of already answered it, but like, what do you think is going on? Do you really think it's just this solar or, you know, universal change happening um, after all these millions of years? And that's why we're just getting so much change. We're getting downloads. Like, what do you think is going on? Why is there so much 
chaos, but also shifting and consciousness is growing. Like, is it just literally energy that's coming in and, and breaking apart all these old systems like COVID and the, you know, elections and there's just Black Lives Matter and the writing and like, there's just been so much going on. Like, what is your perception of this energetically, I guess? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess maybe I'll, maybe I'll start with, um, so, so I place a lot of, uh, value in channeled information. So accessing information from, uh, civilizations that have uh, sort of extra terrestrial or extra dimensional civilizations that <clears throat> have already been through what we've been through. And, um, you know, you can look at different people channeling this type of information and you can cross-reference it and verify it however you like. Um, but most civilizations, uh, the, the ascension to higher levels of consciousness is pretty much inevitable because uh, largely um, there's what's, what's called maybe an attractor field of something. So joy, love, peace, harmony um, are much more powerful entities mm -hmm. that attract, they have their own attractive force. And then we have things like um, fear, greed, grief, despair. Um, if you're ever going to maintain that state, it takes a lot of input mm -hmm. of energy. So a fear-based uh, governmental state is almost just always destined to fail because it takes so much energy input. Right. And so what you have is these attractive fields over a long enough time span, millennia, mm -hmm. uh, will eventually shift the collective consciousness of an entire planetary sphere, an entire civilization sphere, uh, you know, like maybe a point per year, right? Just little by little to the point where the species is uh, elevated in its awareness and consciousness enough that uh, these these types of things like uh, war and um, manipulation and greed is just becomes irrelevant. Right. Oh, I love that. That's a cool take. This is why I love it. I always worry, like, is this repetitive? But everyone always has a different, similar but different takes. That's awesome. And I always think about that too. Like, I kind of try to gather my own research. I'm like, okay, my medium said this. I had this experience. I talked to this person. They had the same experience. I'm like, that's me collecting my like data, right? But um, I was thinking about that, like Atlantis or like the Roman Empire. Like empires like always fall at some point in evolution if you look back. So it's kind of scary to talk about it because we just think we're so like powerful and like, you know, we could never like fail, especially like our country, right? We always think like we're so powerful. We've got all this like money. We're civilized and advanced and boy we've been shown like in the last couple of years how fragile the supply chain is our healthcare system i mean gosh like things shut down super quickly things can change very fast never would have even thought that could be possible right like the baby formula shortage like how could such a powerful country how could we even be in this situation right so i think it's a really interesting um it's, it's scary, but it's also, like you said, it's forcing us to be, wake up and, wow, maybe we need to like start doing things um, in our own communities so that we're not reliant on a big corporation or a system, right? And so um, it is making us more conscious. It's just there's a lot of chaos in between. Um, 
But I, I do think that is interesting to look back in history and see that this isn't necessarily special to just right now. Like this has happened before um, in history. And so, of course, it would make sense that it could and would happen again. And whatever that looks like, the time frame, obviously, we don't know. But I do think we're going through something really wild right now. Yeah, and if you look at the research about reincarnation, in particular, soul groups mm-hmm. reincarnating together, groups of people, um, most of the most Americans seem to have uh, either Egyptian mm. uh, past lives and experienced the fall of the Egyptian mm-hmm. Empire or the fall of the Roman Empire European. and probably Atlantean. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, we're learning these lessons again and again and again right. until collectively we can get it right. Yeah. Wow. I always, I'm like, this, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> We've already done this. Like, why are, what are we not getting? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is fascinating. Very cool. Well, I feel like we could keep chatting, but I, I'm going to save your throat. I know you're struggling over there. We were both discussing, <laughs> we will cut out a chunk that you guys won't see, but we both are recovering from COVID, but poor Poor Derek's had a tickle the whole time. So I'm going to relieve your, your throat. Um, but you know what? You're stronger. We're stronger. We survive. We've got those antibodies. Talk about science, right? Maybe our bodies are (laughs) upgraded. (laughs) Um, but I truly enjoyed this conversation and thanks for bearing with me. I know it's a bit ADD. I just, there's so many like cool little aspects I wanted to get your, your wisdom on your opinion on. Um, so I really appreciate you being here and, Will you share where people can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, DerekLaudermilk.com is the is my site. Okay. And then on all the socials and on, on YouTube, uh, you can check out the show. Uh, it's a podcast and a, and a video show. So, uh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we'll put it all in the show notes for people to find. And hopefully everybody liked that. I know it was a lot. It was like little nuggets here and there, but just to get you thinking, right? Like... Wow, there's a lot lot going on, a lot to think about. So I really appreciate the conversation and you being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening.